I'll be your righteous lover because breaking break will be more nice at the eight o'clock. <laughs> And if by chance, I guess I could roll you <laughs> down with my weed. I got some papers, babe. <laughs> and if by chance, I guess I could roll with you. I don't forgot what he said. Is it down Fuck on my knees? Baby. Did you already say that part? Down huh? on my knees? Down on my knees. <laughs> <laughs> Silly as hell. If you are that special lover, you can smoke with your good brother. That's the way it goes on Love Train. Yes, or else, hey. If you are that special smoker, come over and get your toke up. That's the way it goes on Love Train. Love trains equals waking a we it be more sweetheart. Mm-hmm. Get my silly ass off of here. Let's start this show. Good morning, good morning, good morning, and welcome back to another episode of Wake and Make with B Mo. Yeah, uh, you know, this is your opportunity to join in on the new conversations and the new blueprints happening within black culture. Your opportunity to maybe get a hold of something, maybe grab a thought this morning so you can get higher through your day, or maybe you just need a maybe you just need some noise in the background to start your day. But anyway, this is your. This is your chance to do so as we are building the new blueprints to black culture. I am your culture analyst, your culture impresario. I'm pretty sure I said that all the way wrong. Mm-hmm. Let's make sure we're saying good morning to the side part of my cute, okay? The bangs of my hairdo, okay? What? The chinny chin hairs of my bravery. Let's say good morning to the lady <laughs> of the house, okay? Good morning, lady of the house. Good morning. Good morning, sweetheart. Good morning, y'all. How you feeling? Pretty good. It's a. This is Thursday. It's Thursday. It's Thursday, June sixteenth, fifteenth. fifteenth. We are four days away from Juneteenth. I won't even qualify it right now because I'm going to talk about that later. As always, we want to thank the good folks over at the Washington and Former Bridge. Appreciate y'all supporting the show. As always, you can go over to wibridgedc.com to check out the newest stories. I believe there's a Juneteenth event on the 17th happening with the bridge as well as uh our event that's happening on the 18th at the small wooden box we'll talk about that here in a second but just go over to wi bridge dc and all social media platforms to check them out or wibridgedc.com to go get the latest edition of the washington informer bridge it only costs you five dollars sweetheart it's only five dollars to get the newest edition of the washington informer bridge sent to your house 
Nice. You know what I'm saying it's also five dollars to be a new uh to if you want to subscribe to the new blueprints newsletter okay so make sure I go to bmobrown.substack.com that is where we write these machinations these explorations that we have here on the show every Tuesday and Thursday we write them in a way that are a little more source checked and a little more beautiful for the for the written eye but I hope that the people can attest that the writing on the new blueprint newsletter is not like deep academic you know what i mean you don't need your you don't need your dictionary you need the source and you don't need two journal entries next yeah. to the thing to figure out what the thing is now it's got the it's got the link so you can click click through i wrote it in a way that i think is understandable to the to most of the wake and bake will be more nice or people who are interested in actually crafting new blueprints what i have found and what we have often uh dissected about academically academia specifically is that sometimes the language can be so dense that it becomes disruptive, that yeah. it becomes an excuse not to engage. The new Blueprint new, uh, newsletter is not like that. And as part of the new Blueprint newsletter, on Sunday, in partnership with the Washington Former Bridge, we will have our first of many parlors, but this one we are calling the new Blueprint Parlor, using Juneteenth to establish new traditions and blackness. If you are here, if you are around, on Sunday, two to five, I just realized that's Father's Day. So if you ain't got no kids or you a terrible baby father, come on through to the Juneteenth uh, parlor so we can talk about establishing some new traditions within black culture. And hey, look, man, I'll be honest with you. I haven't said it in the advertising, but I'm recruiting. Yeah. I'm looking for something at the new Blueprint parlor, okay? I'm I'm looking for things. I'm looking to get people paid specifically for the how they operate their mind and operationalize blackness around some of the problems that are facing the world, not just through blackness, but in general. I'm going to close this window here in a second because they finna get to drilling. I can see it right now. Nah. Tink, tink, tink all damn morning. <laughs> anyway, make sure y'all come over to the blue to the new Blueprint uh, parlor that's happening on Sunday. Uh, to get in, you can either donate to the new Blueprint parlor or just join the new Blueprint newsletter, which is technically free, but if you want to put five on it, that'd be... Highly appreciate it. All right, sweetheart. Oh, is it too late now? What happened? The, you got you to gotta slide for it. Oh, we're going to do a whole oh, okay, third okay. segment on gotcha, gotcha. why we doing this thing. I just wanted to give out the brief ad read right now. You feel what I'm saying, sweetheart? I got you. Uh, uh, we got some beautiful things we want to talk about this morning. I hope people are saying good morning to the lady house, though. Are people saying good morning to the lady house? Uh, Camille and KP, Chrissy. Good morning. The dream! <laughs> 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 Good morning, y'all. Any other, anybody else in the house? That's just just do our good two friends. Dash, say good morning to who's Dash, Dash of Danica and I am Flawless Hunter. Nice. Good morning, y'all. Good morning. How y'all feeling this morning? I hope everything is well in your worlds. Turn it up. Let your children hear. Uh, your husbands, <laughs> your your fiancés, your whatevers. All right, we got some great things we want to talk about this morning. Three topics in particular. We do want to end this morning's conversation about. The new blueprint parlor that'll make sense after we discuss our Paul Robeson Negro of the Week Award. I think this is the oldest. Well, yeah. Have we done dead Paul Robeson Negro of the Weeks before? No. Okay. I think this is the oldest recipient of the Paul Robeson Negro of the Week. So lucky for her, <laughs> <laughs> she can receive us. But we want to start this morning's conversation. Um, with some news that came out a couple of days ago that's been harping at the front of my mind. It's been tapping there, and I feel like we need to dissect it on the show because I feel like this is good news, but black folks and maybe folks in general are receiving this as bad news. Sweetheart. Yeah. 
it has come to my attention that for the first time within like 30 years, I think, in the first time in 30, 35 years, there have been no hip hop uh, albums or records or singles that have topped the billboard charts. Wow. Zero. What? That's my double zeros. <laughs> Zero. What's on the top of the charts now? Like, what, uh, I think genre? right now it's The Weeknd and Ariana Grande. They got a song uh, going on. I think Scissors Kill Bill is up on the top oh, five. Wow. Um, and which we'll have another conversation about how black music is not just all encapsulated in hip hop and how R&B and country and rock and even rock and roll jazz. and jazz and all that type yeah. of shit is still on the top of the billboard charts with this, this particular expression of blackness through hip hop is not currently on the top, top of the charts. Sweet, I, 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 I think that's a good thing. Mm. Uh, to summarize why I think that's a good thing, I will say that uh, sometimes the sometimes the worst thing you can do is succeed. Hmm. But let's get into uh, uh, let's get into two things. I want to start this morning and this conversation with a quote. Okay. I've been reading. Your boy's been reading. There's a book called The Mask of Art. Okay, I got this from Doctor Par Doctor Carr podcast he was talking about the mask of art by clyde r taylor breaking the aesthetic contract film and literature i tell you something man later house to tell you i think i've gotten through uh 20 pages of the book but it's taken me eight months <laughs> to read these 20 pages talk about that dense academia language but let's put up the quote sweetheart and and, and and read that quote for me this one mm-hmm mm -hmm. not the not the billboard analysis mm -mm. okay the capacity, well, aesthetic distinction art theory. Mm -hmm. The capacity for aesthetic appreciation, placing form over function, is a disposition afforded, affordable by individuals who have lifted themselves above the imperatives of necessity and survival. Mm. Is celebrated as a sign of that deliverance. The aesthetics, the aesthetic disposition, functions as a base for the fabrication and exploitation of countless social distinctions, separating the. Cog Cognizant from, the, from benighted. the benighted. Yeah, yeah. Wow. This is exactly. <laughs> and you know what this quote says? This quote basically says if you are oppressed, you cannot appreciate form over function. Form yeah. over function. What is form over function? Okay. All right. So let's use hip hop as the example. Hip hop is two things. Well, it's multiple things. But if we wanted to drill it down to two things in this conversation of form over function, we could do it in, in two things. The form of hip hop is the music, the style, the rap, the 808s, the use of samples, mm -hmm. uh, uh, the different uh, 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 tropes and, and themes and dances and, and uh, let me just make sure I'm saying that right. Yes, the form of hip hop are those things that we see and we say, oh, that's hip hop. Mm -hmm. I show you a bucket hat dude with Adidas on, run DNC. I show you another bucket hat dude with muscles and chains. Hello, Cool J. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I show you a misogynist with great vocal tuning and 808s. Future. Like these are the aesthetics, the form of hip hop. Mm -hmm. But hip hop also has a function. 
The function of hip hop, at least to my understanding, is to tell our stories from our perspectives with the technology that we have at hand. That's what I thought hip hop was. The function of hip hop, of course, break dancing, okay? Break beats, we know that. Mm-hmm. Hip hop started out in the park, right? We know this. <laughs> do, 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 do. We know what hip hop looks like, sounds like, tastes like, feels like. But the true function of hip hop, at least as how we talk to each other in this social structure, answering the question, who are we, are, who are we to each other? Hip hop is coded language. Hip hop is a way that we talk to each other and we can express to each other thoughts and feelings and expressions. So when I, if I send you hit him up by Tupac, that means it's time to ride. Yeah. If I send the lady of the house, uh, uh, the Mary J. Blige and Method Man, you're all I need to get by, it's loving time. Coded language. Now, to people outside of the code, when you hear Method Man say that you're all I need to get by using crack references, you might not think that's love, but damn it, that's love, Mm -hmm. (laughs) okay? When you hear Biggie's suicidal thoughts, you don't think, oh man, this nigga about to kill himself. He just going through some things. (laughs) My man's sad right now. He need to talk about some things. He is experiencing the blues portion of what it means to be black. Form, breakdancing, rapping in general, function, coded language. If you're smart, you already figured out the answer. Well, let's go out to the let's go to the Billboard analysis and see what Billboard has to say. Billboard had put out five reasons for why they think there have been no top charters in 2023. And may I also say, since we're talking about a uh, uh, distinction, may I also say. Who gives a fuck, Billboard? Yeah. <laughs> Just because you lose a business don't mean that hip-hop is dying. I hate the insinuation. Go ahead, scroll. Please. Number one. The number one reason, read, this, read it out loud. I can't read that. It's so small. <laughs> a not-so-starry night. So one of the reasons that Billboard is saying that there have been no top, there have been no chart toppers in 2023 is because there have been no stars who have released music in 2023. Whereas there would have been a Drake or a Kanye or a Nicki Minaj. The only people who have put out music so far has been like Moneybag Yo and Lil Durk. And I don't know these people, but that's the problem, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> that's the problem. Let's go to the next thing. Um, Reason number two. Views from the top. So on a very large scale, the consumption of music is broader. We talked about this before when we noticed that hip hop has a uh, smaller grasp on the market share for hip hop. It's because the older folks have finally tapped in to streaming music. So that means some of the music from the 50s and 60s is actually repopularizing. And then also at the same time, you have more individuals who are into the streaming services, who are into country, who are into local Mexicana music, which I would still call hip hop, but you know, Billboard has a way of creating lines so they can celebrate certain uh, genres of demographic. You have Afrobeats coming up, which again, I would still call a part of hip hop, but again, the creation of lines so we can take away, to go to Afro-pessimism again. Um, so there is a there is a technical argument for how hip hop has gone from 30% market share to 26% market share over the last four or five years, still that market share tops all musical genres. Let's go to the next reason. Old ops and new ops. 
Billboard makes the the argument that we all killing all we killing all the rappers. Well, <laughs> let's go to the next one. There's <laughs> all rappers, all rappers, right? <laughs> right. Rap about murder and right. kill each other. But all um, right, uh, chart stagnation. I forgot what this one is about. To cut hip hop a bit of slack, the genre's absence at the top charts this year, also in due in part to a relatively stagnant charts have been. How relatively stagnant the charts have been. Interesting. All right, I'm gonna come back to this because. Not Kanye. What's that boy's name? Charlemagne actually made a great point on this when he was discussing the reaction. One of the reasons I could, one of the positive reasons I could quote Charlemagne, he is a hip-hop journalist in a sense, so I guess his hip-hop journalism uh, is credible, at, you know, versus his mental health situation. But you know, uh, no shade, no shade, all shade. Uh, but <laughs> Charlemagne made this point the other day, and I was going to make this here in a second too. There is a thought process that uh, the hip-hop is being made for algorithmic success. Mm -hmm. we'll hold on to that because I got another point here in a second and then lastly number five or was that number five a gradual return to the club scene so uh, then there's also that hip hop is becoming back more into into real life and less away from the from the uh, uh, from the streaming scene uh, which all leads me to a point my original analysis I agree with Charlemagne I would agree with some of these reasons Except for that we all killing each other. That's just stupid. That's that whiteness coming out right there. Damn, Billboard. You just gonna put we white in the middle of the uh in the middle of the article like that? I would agree. You can close out, sweetheart. Mm -hmm. Uh I would agree with four of these situations, meaning that hip hop has a smaller reach. Uh and the reason why it excites me to go back to our conversation of form over function, if there is less success in the Form of what looks like hip hop, mm -hmm. then maybe we have a chance of reclaiming the function of hip hop. I think what has happened to Charlemagne's point, to Billboard's point, and to Africana Studies' point, I believe what has happened over the last few years is that hip hop stopped talking to blackness. Yeah. We started talking to the things that sell, to the world, to the institutions that bring financial success or even chart-topping success or even show and tour number success. The things that look like success, but in actuality, since they have no function, they have no purpose. W.E.B. Du Bois says, if the art is not propaganda, I don't want it. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, W.B. Du Bois died like a hundred years ago, and I already said that he was wrong in a certain way, but just, <laughs> you know, just, just roll with me. <laughs> uh, uh, in this thought process of artistic distinction not being possible to an oppressed people, how an oppressed people must still use the function of art in order to reach a way to find form from function, I find it interesting that a billboard chart, someone who is distinction distinguished enough or uh, uh, oppression list list enough or liberated enough to create a distinction between why the form of hip hop is not succeeding, but never address the function of hip hop. I think the answer is, is simple. Looking at it from a very black way. When's the last time we had a fight to power? Right. When's the I was right before we got on, I was telling the lady at the house. When's the last time we had a great story in a hip hop song? I remember the first time I saw uh, and listened to Commons testify off of the B album. <laughs> I remember where I remember where I was driving in Tallahassee 
when he said, this bitch did the crime. I was like, wow. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, it was her the whole time. Mm -hmm. When's the last time we had a story like that in hip hop? When's the last time we've had a, you know, I love Throw Baby, the Throw Baby remix. I love the Throw Baby remix because it's a concept song. Two dudes, two girls talking about dick sucking. <laughs> Wow, it's eight o'clock in the morning. <laughs> but that's what they was doing. And they was doing it on concept, on theme, with a groovy background, seemed to be talking through an experience of hip hop. So I, I appreciated that. And and the evidence is there. So unless we get like some really dope storytelling going on, unless the when's the last time we had a good conscious rap song? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. When's the last time we had a good Jesus walks? You know what I'm saying? When's the last time we had a good like plethora of hip-hop songs that were talking about the black experience but not necessarily saying oh i'm black but also just talking about the black experience for the black experience i think that is the reason why we're seeing less uh uh, uh commercial success in mm -hmm. hip-hop and i choose to be afro optimistic because i believe that 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 lower commercial success will lead to a higher function of hip-hop maybe we'll get back to talking to each other what are your thoughts, sweetheart? No, I agree. Um, I I feel like the last time I saw true storytelling in hip hop was probably about like ten years ago or so. Mm -hmm. You know, with um Kendrick Lamar. There was this one song. I think it was. I want to say Kendrick and Ti and like each one had their own verse, but they were all like telling a story. I don't know. Yeah, that sounds good as hell. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sounds, I mean, me to give—I mean, we got to give Kendrick credit because Kendrick is still doing that. Mm -hmm. J Cole, to a certain degree, is still doing that. Yeah, but that's two right out of niggas old. how many? Right? <laughs> well, they NBA old. You know what I mean? <laughs> I heard a nigga say on on the finals last night, he's ancient. He's thirty-seven. I'm like, like damn, damn, man, thirty-four. <laughs> I guess I'm gonna beat up the fuck up out of it. They NBA old. You know what I mean? They get yeah. they they my age. Right. I'd love to hear uh, Lil Durk. Lil Durk got a story? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> a money bag, yo. You got a story? <laughs> I did hear, um, oh, it was Glorilla. And was it money bag, yo? Who's that tall nigga with the pink lips? What's that nigga name? <laughs> God damn. They did a concept song. They did like another uh, a chicken head type situation. And I enjoyed it. But of okay. course, I get on Twitter and I see the. The, the, the Twitter folks are tanning up. Oh, this is corny. We don't want this. I don't like it. Yada, yada, yada. Anyway, we got any comments from the people? Oh, yeah. Okay. So, Detroit River says, hip-hop is changing and in a developmental phase. That's true. Hip-hop is changing. Yeah. And in a developmental phase. Yeah. Because think about, like, mid-2010s. That was when we started to see mumble rap, and now we're like... I feel like post mumble rap, but it's not really necessarily like the same type of hip hop from the early 2000s. <clears throat> okay. Okay, let me keep going. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And then he says Lupe got a song titled Form Over Function. <laughs> you honest something sweet. <laughs> he said Form Over Function? Yeah. Oh, whatever, Lupe. <laughs> yeah. And then he also said, Billboard is what white people listen to any fucking way. Right, exactly. They gerrymandering genres. Right. Who said that? Detroit Rivers. Yeah, that's what they yeah. do. That's what I meant to say. <laughs> how is how is Afro how is what Bad Bunny does right. and Afrobeats and hip hop 
how are they three different genres? Right. They're not. They might come from different people, but it's still the same. It's still <laughs> the same thing. Right. Same formula. Stop um. playing with me, man. Then <laughs> <laughs> he also said, you're fucking right, Vimo. This is a great opportunity to reclaim the sleeping giant. Exactly. Oh, and then he said Corday. Yeah. Oh, That's nice. True. That's true. Okay, Corday. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Oh, and then the song is actually called Form Follows Function. Form Follows Function. Okay. I could agree with that. I can really not over function. Come on, Lupe. We're not depressed. We're not depressed. We are depressed. What's the opposite of oppressed? Liberated. We're not liberated. I'm having a hard time with words this morning. Uh, any other comments? On YouTube, Drew says, good morning, BMO and Lady of the House. Good morning. What's up, hey. Drew? Show um, coming up, right? Yeah. Okay. Right. For sure. For sure. I think Kendrick Lamar, Mad City was arguably the last time. Mm, yeah. Yeah. That whole album. Yeah. I can, What's up? Have I told the people my truth already? What? I, I, listen, I listen to... Good Kid, Mad City in totality, like seriously, for the first time, maybe like two years ago. Sweet I listened to all the songs, <laughs> but I never like listened to it top to back oh, and true. put together the whole story. Yeah. And I was on a, we were, were we driving somewhere? Two years ago? Two years ago. I can't believe it. I can't remember if it was, we, if I was driving over as you and I and I was listening to it, I might have been coming to get you. From Atlanta, actually. <laughs> right. I might have been driving down 85 to come get you from Atlanta. And I was listening to Good Kid, Mad City. And I was like, wow, this is actually, uh, <laughs> this is pretty fucking good. Yeah. <laughs> this might be one of the greatest hip-hop albums I've ever heard. Yeah. Amazing. What else we got? Uh, Natalie says, apparently Killer Mike just dropped goodness. Haven't listened yet, though. But honestly, they old. They old? Yeah, right. But I got added to a Killer Mike still. Why? Yeah, he was stomping for that white man in Georgia. Didn't let Stacey. All, all, all Killer Mike had to do was say, I fucked with Stacey Abrams, but I'm going to go with the other dude. But he had to dig on Stacey Abrams, call her that she ain't had no good campaign. Fuck off, Killer all Mike. Right. All right. <laughs> Damn. Then Drew said, yeah, my show is Sunday. I dropped two clips on my Instagram and Facebook. I saw a nigga. Yeah. I was laughing. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> I was laughing. I was laughing. Shit. Shit. <laughs> and then, uh, oh. Um, Detroit River says it's a heavy listen, TBH. With the uh, Good Kid, Mad City or the Killer Mike joint? Uh, Good Kid, Mad City. Okay, for sure. Yeah, for sure. All right, y'all. We are going to take a quick break. I wanna, I wanna, uh, I wanna give a shout out to our intermission video. We have the the newest video from Michael Robinson, uh, featuring wife Tashira. Her name, not wife Tashira, <laughs> featuring Tashira on Tone Che. We've been teasing the show at the end. We've been teasing this video at the end of every show for the last. Month we finally have the full music video. We did the uh oh, goodness gracious, just burp all in my. Oh, I want to give a quick shout out to our intermission artist Michael Robinson featuring Tashira for the music video Tone Che. It is out right now on all streaming platforms. Make sure you go check out the video on YouTube. Tone Che T O N C H E all one word in brown. We'll be right back with more. Hawaii Bank, we it be Mo. I did creative production on the video, so watch it and enjoy and applaud. Hit the like, subscribe button. Yeah. Is that a bit much? <laughs> <laughs>
Welcome back, welcome back, y'all. I hope y'all appreciated Tone Che by my good man, Michael Robinson, featuring Tashira, available on all streaming platforms right now. Make sure you go check that out. Make sure you go check out the music video, animated music video by Lydia Corbett. Oh, hey, Leo, hey. <laughs> uh, creatively produced by myself, executive produced by my man, Baki Thomas. We want to appreciate everybody for checking that out. Make sure you go to YouTube, check it out. Tell a friend, tell a friend to tell a friend. Tell Tyler Perry to put it on BET Plus, okay? <laughs> we ready. Uh, you know what time it is, though, sweetheart. We've come back after break. It's Thursday. Mm -hmm. I'm rolling the blunt. Hold on, maybe I should finish rolling the blunt so I can give this person the proper respect because it's time for the Paul Robeson Negro of the Week. A walk. <laughs> Try to keep going up. You know what I'm saying? Um, to those of y'all who are new to the show, we do a Paul Robeson Negro of the Week every Thursday. This is the person who we think is best exhibiting the uh, uh, the dangerous yet popular skill set and, and characterization and persona that was Paul Robeson. At one time, Paul Robeson was the most popular man on the planet. And he was also a socialist. The precursor to Antifa is what Paul Robeson is. So every week we like giving an award to celebrate someone who is currently doing that work of being dangerous and popular. This week, because Juneteenth is on Monday, I want to I want to highlight somebody very special. But in order to highlight somebody very special, I gotta I gotta talk to y'all about something. Yesterday, I went through a small, I'm saying I was sad yesterday. The lady house will tell you, I was, I was walking around the house all mopey, yeah. looked all low. Yeah. And, and, and then she asked me, she was like, what's wrong with you? Uh, what's wrong with you? That's not what she said. <laughs> she said, she asked me what's up. And I said, I watched the, the recap from the Juneteenth celebration at the White House and I fell into a, a deep depression. <laughs> Why? Play the play the thing. The, this one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, play the first one. <laughs> we will be shy. We'll be shy. Can somebody say So we talked about a new blue, in a new Blueprint newsletter how federal Juneteenth is not the same thing as the Juneteenth mm -hmm. from 1865, the original uh, recipients of liberation. This is not the same Juneteenth. This is not the Juneteenth that Texas mastered. So I'd like to apologize to those individuals right now. Mm -hmm. I apologize to the original recipients of the Juneteenth news I apologize, I apologize to the tradition starters in Galveston, Texas, and the surrounding areas in Texas to help create what uh, Juneteenth is. Mm -hmm. uh, and my fear, as I expressed last year and the year before, my fear with the federal holiday declaration of Juneteenth is that it would follow the same path as these other heritage holidays, that somehow we would get inaccurate representations of what Juneteenth is. We would get leprechauns <laughs> instead of liberators. You feel yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. We would get 
uh, half off margaritas Wait instead of reparations. Yeah. You feel what I'm saying? Like this would be an excuse for the federal government to celebrate this day. And uh, when I saw that, I saw several clips from the White House celebration, but when I saw that particular clip of Jennifer Hudson Holland, <laughs> I saw another particular clip of the, of the Baptist preachers and Jubilee singers and uh, HBCU marchers. I seen all these symbols of blackness there to represent what the federal holiday of Juneteenth is. And it made me really sad. Like it kind of like took me out for the day. Yeah. Um, because, and, and I expressed this before, I could handle if there was an Aunt Jemima of Juneteenth. I could handle an Uncle Ben of Juneteenth. I could handle the white people on the street banner. I can handle the ice cream. I can handle the, it's the, it's the, it's the freedom for me. Yeah. I can handle Joe Biden sitting in the midst of black women and black men shaking hands as if he's the savior. I can handle these things. What I couldn't handle was Dr. Carr at that celebration. Really? What I couldn't handle was uh, Wendell Pierce at that celebration. What I couldn't handle was TSU at the celebration. What I couldn't handle was the bastardization of Baptist uh, uh, Baptist vocal aesthetics at that celebration. What I couldn't handle was me not getting an invitation to that celebration. Mm. I couldn't handle it. And it drove me crazy. It's driving me crazy right now. It's driving me insane right now that the symbology for Juneteenth will be liberated black people. Fuck! Yeah. <laughs> but then, that wasn't, but then the elders stepped up, okay? The ancestors heard my tears. <laughs> mm. They saw my frustrations and they brought us the Paul Robeson Negro of the Week Award winner. Her name is Miss Opal Lee. She is called the grandmother of Juneteenth. You would think that I would have an attitude with her because this is the individual who was fighting for the, who was fighting and was leading the petitions and doing ceremonial walks since her youth to make sure that Juneteenth became a federal holiday. I think it's since 1976. Let me not be bombastic because the lady is 90 something years old. Yeah. And in 76, when she was still an old ass lady, <laughs> She was marching ceremoniously and figuratively for Juneteenth. I even read a story that at 89, she walked from Texas to DC to show 2.5 miles at a time, because that's how long it took 2.5 years for the Juneteenth liberation news to come. Mm -hmm. She walked 2.5 miles while, uh, uh, while she was 89, just to make sure that Juneteenth could be considered a federal holiday in her lifetime. Wow. You would think I had an attitude with her. Lady, why are you giving away the secrets? Mm. Huh? <laughs> but play this video. <laughs> Hello, young people. <laughs> and no, you're all not young people if you're not 96. <laughs> Please, could I just say this to you, young folk? Make yourself a committee of one to change somebody's mind. If people can be taught to hate, they can be taught to love. And it's up to you to do it. We 
of the most powerful country in the whole United States. And we must get together and get rid of the disparities, the joblessness and homelessness and health care that some people can get and others can't, and climate change that we are responsible for. And if we don't do something about it, we're all going to hell in a handbasket. And with that... <laughs> And with that, <laughs> I thank you, Ms. Opalee, for your years of advocacy, leadership, and truth-telling. So, here's, here's, <sighs> I might start crying before I even get to say it. Here is Ms. Opalee. Since 1976, has been drawing a blueprint. Uh, has been creating a sneaky plan because Miss Opal Lee, like I, like the original recipients of liberation, Miss Opal Lee knows that Juneteenth is not a holiday. The late, the tardy recipient. Miss mm. Opal Lee knows like I know, like the original recipients know, like the people in Galveston know, like the true celebrators of Juneteenth know, Juneteenth is not a holiday. Mm. It's a reminder. The news came late. The people weren't free. Right. And we singing hallelujah tunes on the White House lawn. This is not a holiday. It is a reminder that we have work to do. The liberation is not here. The independence has not come. Mm -hmm. How are we gonna be? How are we gonna be free and ain't gonna be no earth? How are we gonna be free and there's still healthcare disparities? How are we gonna be free and there's still people sleeping on the street? Liberation where? Freedom where? Woo! So woo! So I was down until Miss Opal Lee said, "Young folks, do yourself a favor." make yourself a committee of one. So we have done so. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it feels like we throwing stones into the wind, hoping they can fly. Yeah. Mm, we are a committee of one. We are a reminder. We are a reminder that Juneteenth is not a celebration, which is why fucking, fucking Jennifer Hudson up there hollering, fucking church service happening like there's the glory has come right. while Joe Biden dancing around on the White House lawn to a selective amount of people who can come to the fucking show. Using my liberated mentors as symbols for freedom. That ain't it. So I'm saying all to say, 
on Sunday, <laughs> on Sunday, I'm inviting you to celebrate Juneteenth the right way. We're going to push on some, we're going to push, we're going to push on some shit. We're going to discover some shit. We're going to argue about some things. We're going to establish some new traditions going forward. But before I get there, I just want to give Miss Opal Lee, I appreciate you. Thank you for your words. I know the vice president tried to scoot you off the stage, but they can't, ain't stopping no 96-year-old lady. Right. <laughs> Sneaky plan from 1976. I want to make Juneteenth a federal holiday so I can remind y'all of one thing. The work ain't done. Mm -hmm. What are we talking about? You got any comments? Um, Drew says Juneteenth here in Texas is advertised with white people all here. Uh, the original Juneteenth here, as far as I've seen, has been lost. And then he said, I wrote a joke for my show that Juneteenth without critical race theory is another paid holiday for white people. Then he said, positive black symbology is the new method for white people to use to silence black voices. Damn. Every time we want something real, they give us something to appear progress has been made, but it hasn't. Come on, Cracker Jill. Mm-hmm. And then Good Vibe Drive said, tell the true king. Gotta tell him, man. Gotta do what you gotta do. That's it? That's all we got? Yeah, that's all we got. Oh, and then Art for the Black Market said Sunday. Sunday, Maurice, we're going to get it in, baby. We're going to get it in. All right, y'all, let me let me chill my tears for a second. Uh, speaking of Sunday, I want to take this last segment of the show to further discuss what you can expect on Sunday at the Juneteenth uh, uh, New Blueprint Parlor. Let's start that with... Um, start that. Let's show them. Let's show them the Sunset Saloon. So I think it was September... Of last year, me and the homie Saskia, we got together. We brainstormed for a couple of months to try to figure out a way that we could have a different type of event in D.C. There's so many events uh, where you just stand around and you listen to a DJ. Shout out to my girl Iz out here making hella moves, which is a great move. But like, where's the diversity in that? Where are the where are the intelligent folks? Where's the where are the smoky rooms? Where are the conversations? Where are the discussions? Where are we making like actual change and progress within? within blackness or within even like a certain portion of society. Well, we have those conversations. And if it, wait, if y'all know what ain't happening, please invite me. Oh my God. <laughs> please invite me because I can't find them nowhere. So uh, Saski and I, we got together with the small wooden box. We put together Sunset Saloon. It was a, a two, uh, a two event series in which we played a game called black and white, which I got black and white up there. I don't got black. And white. Oh, I got it right here. We played a game called black and white. Uh, Blacks and Whites is a game that was actually developed by one of the studiers of the black uh, one of the studiers of the of the of the of the Black Panther uh, Party back in Oakland in the seventies. Uh, this person developed this game in order to kind of like show in a fun and demonstrative way the difference between whiteness and blackness that society at the time. So at the Sunset Saloon, we got together, we played this game. I infused that game with a couple of questions. Mm -hmm. uh, we're gonna do some of those questions here. I'm actually gonna ask the lady of the house these questions. She don't know. Oh. We're gonna turn the camera on. What? We'll get the PIP on. Oh, no. Uh, and we're gonna see what the lady of the house has to think about these questions. But yeah, I wanna show y'all what the Sunset Saloon looked like last time, just to show you what you can expect. Lady of the house, roll the clip.
good vibration, yeah. That's the positive vibes and we create. I wanted to discover some things. Sounds that make you feel right. I think that's our overall thesis for tonight. Forever shining this light, we keep. Well, that's what you can expect. <laughs> you can expect uh, you can expect Sir to be there. You can expect a small one box. We will be playing another game. This next game is I forgot the name of the game. That fast and it's actually over there. If you wanna pass it to me, sweetheart. It's we say Blacks in American Achievement. Black Americans of Achievement. I want to have a two-part discussion on this. I want to talk about shout out to Maurice for sending the game over so we can use it. I want to talk about, we're going to use this game to talk about new blueprints. That's the new establishments we're going to set up. And we're going to also talk about this uh, 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 discussion we've been having about excellence. All right. So that's what you can expect game-wise. Also, because this is the Wake and Bake with Be One Nights, I can just say it plainly. I don't got to tell it to you fancily. We are, uh, I think I've said this before on the show. And this is one of those things like with the Wake and Bake Fest, we're going to keep talking about it until you see it in real life. And then we surprise that people there at 7 a.m. yoga. But we are. Uh, another thing that kind of brought me into depression yesterday. I was just a little sad yesterday. Just just a little sad. Yeah. Getting yeah, loud as hell. <laughs> well, it was only what cracked. A, <laughs> what a difference. See, I keep thinking you're going to do the, the Jeffrey Osborne. Mm-hmm. What a difference. What a difference. Say it again, sweetheart. What a difference. There you go. <laughs> All these two hearts. Can't, let me not get distracted. All right. And then, let me not get distracted. Who's we talking about? Um, <laughs> Help me now when you love me. Hold me and shit. Come on. Get me off. Get me off subject. I'll try. <laughs> um how we keep talking about it, but it's something that you have to be surprised for, like oh. with the Wake and Big Fest. Yeah. So, um, I was watching Stephen A, unfortunately. He had nothing to talk about. He was answering a question on his podcast. And on his podcast, he said, in order to be a great journalist, you have to do the work. If you're just out here responding to clips, then you're not really doing the work. You're just reacting. You're just sharing your opinion on some shit. Mm-hmm. And it, it touched me in the heart. I was like, damn, Stephen A, why are you talking to me? <laughs> he wasn't talking to me. No. He wasn't talking to me. Yeah, Yeah, the lady house had to to set me right. Yeah, Right, he's not talking to me. And the reason why I know you're not talking to me is because we finna do the work. The Mm -hmm. new blueprint newsletter is an actual thing, right? right? This is the written machinations of the things that we talk about. That's not to say that what we talk about isn't real because I feel like we be talking about some real shit. But when it's written down, I think it's a little more formal. You can return back to it. You can read it real quick. You can take notes. You can share it in a different way. You can understand it and interpret it in a written word. It is... Excuse me, there's a reason why writing is connected to intelligence. Mm-hmm. Not wisdom, not smart, not smartness, not maturity, not superiority, but intelligence. There's a reason. Uh, so we have that. And then as an expansion of that, we're going to have these parlors. Mm-hmm. Now, we could just be drafting new blueprints. That'd just be a cute content creator thing to do. Ooh, new blueprint. Instagram post. Yeah. Ooh, new blueprint. YouTube video. We want to make these things real, though. Mm-hmm. Like, we want to, we really want to spread these things through black culture. And I cannot do it on my own. 
I can't even do it. Me and the lady house can do amazing things. We have done some, man, let me tell you something. We have done some fantastic things. Survival is one of them, okay? You hear me? <laughs> um, but I don't know, sweetheart, if you and I could do that. We need like a nation. Yeah. We need a, a subsection of culture. We need a genre. We need a movement. And so this new blueprint parlor, these parlor series are actually just recruitment tools for something much larger. Our own NAACP, our own move, our own SNCC, our own Black Brain Trust, our own, let's just call it that. Let's call it the new Black Brain Trust. That's what we are building towards. We are building towards an intellectual block of people who can actually make real things happen in real life for real people. Okay. And get paid. I ain't gonna lie to you. I know down with capitalism, but I don't understand why we say down with capitalism, why I gotta be broke, but you know, whatever. <laughs> whatever. Uh, but yeah, that's what you can expect uh, this Sunday. I'm excited to have you if you are there, if you're a subscriber of the New Blueprint newsletter, just pull up, it's, it's no problem. If you wanna mm -hmm. donate, I definitely uh, donate and come through. But yeah, that's, the, uh, that's what we got going on. Come through to the New Blueprint. I wanna shout out our sponsors, of course, the Washington Informer Bridge. Appreciate y'all for being our media sponsor for the day. And of course, a small wooden box, which will be the headquarters of not only the Chocolate City Renaissance, but also the headquarters of this thing that we will call the New Blueprint, um, not the New Blueprint Podcast. Goodness gracious. The uh, New Black Brain Trust. There's a lot of news. <laughs> Man. But yes, wait, do you have any do you have any questions about the New Black Brain Trust? Hmm. Oh, let's see. Okay. I feel like I need to be challenged. Is there a point where you will feel like the work has been done? Like <laughs> within the new black brain trust? Yes. Okay. And I think that's kind of the point. Okay. I think the, the, the nebulous work, the fight for liberation is ongoing. Yeah. Uh, and I cannot wait for the future scholars who will tell us how many ongoings we got. Because yeah. I don't know if we got there. I don't know if we've done enough work to predict what the end date of the work is. But I think we've done enough work to predict that somebody else can predict it. I know that sounded weird, but whatever. Yeah, I got you. Um, but yeah, I think there are concrete projects that we can do. Okay. This is a concrete project. Yeah. You would think, oh, it's a board game. But a board game is really just questions. Yeah. And questions are really just the centers of conversation. Mm -hmm. And this was made by uh, Boa with support from Burger King. And that's actually a really big deal <laughs> because the people who were in charge of marketing at Burger King happened to be black at that moment. Mm -hmm. Have we seen another one of these board games from Burger King? I don't think so. No. This is a thesis. Yeah. Like when you, if you read this and you copy and pasted everything that was here and arranged it properly without adding or taking away any words, this is a thesis about race relations in the 70s. Mm -hmm. These are concrete projects. I think that we can make these, whether they be board games or other projects or other versions of, of intellectual blackness or the, the discovery of new uh, 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 
executions of blackness. I believe that we can make them in ways that people will engage. Yeah. This ain't part of the school system. This ain't part of the political system. This is a cultural system. We're going to make cultural assets. We're going to make cultural icons. We're going to make cultural movements, which means we get to do cultural things. Answer your question? Yeah. Yeah, so that would be the work. So yeah, we would. in order to do that, we'd have to come up with a thought. Right. And then we'd have to write that thought. And then we'd have to produce that thought. And then hopefully sell that thought. But. Go ahead. The dangers with selling that thought is we end up with something like Juneteenth. That we got to be like Miss Opal Lee. Okay. Right? Um... We got to be able to tell the president, the vice president in their backyard doing a celebration that's supposed to be all jolly and glory that they don't get their shit together. They're going to hell in a handbasket. <laughs> right. In a handbasket. Had she been born, had this been a hundred years from now and she was born in 2026, she would have told him to fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> hell in a handbasket is just 1926 talk. <laughs> I haven't heard that in a long time. Hell in a handbag? Yeah. Man, you get an old church lady to say, you going to hell? Man. <laughs> you, better, you better move different. Because right. <laughs> it takes a lot to get it to that point. Don't say bless your heart before that. Right. Right. When she's from Texas. <laughs> right. Oh, okay. Yeah. So definitely go check out the new blueprint situation. Oh, uh, I'm looking at, is it on your IG? Yeah, it's on the IG. Uh, you can go to the, the sub stack. Uh, oh, damn. Maybe I didn't put in a, a direct Eventbrite link on the IG. In fact, uh, uh, let me, let me do that. Let me do that. When I get off the show, I'm not gonna do that right now. I'm not going to work in front yeah. of y'all. <laughs> uh, we got any, um, you got any comments with y'all? Um, on Instagram, we got truck, big dog, and lady of the house. Hey truck. <laughs> and YouTube, Kendall said, made it. Good morning, y'all. A little fun. Nice. Hey, Kendall. Good morning, man. I know that mountain time, baby. It's what? Seven o'clock now, yeah, right? Yeah, right. Mm. Shout Good out to you. Good out to you, man. <laughs> I think we woke up at seven o'clock. Yeah, we did. <laughs> <laughs> so. And then That's it? Good Vibe Drive said, thank you. I got chills in re reference to what you were talking about, uh, Juneteenth. Yeah. It's not a celebration, man. It's not a celebration. All right. Um, oh, one, more, one more thing. Micah said, is there a way to engage and or at least stay aware without being present? That's a good question. Yeah, read the new blueprint newsletter. Make your comments. We are in a virtual situation now, right? So unlike the NAACP, man, I can only imagine trying to start the NAACP in, in 1899. What? Oh, I thought you were going to say now. Now it would be, because I just got to call you. True. Now I can publish a thing that everybody can read instantly. In 1899, man, <laughs> I had, man, I, I don't even know this to be true, but I imagine, let's just say I'm Frederick Douglass in 1870 and I'm sending letters. I imagine the, uh, uh, the postmaster is reading my mail. Yeah. It's gotta be. Yeah. Somebody on either end is reading the mail of Frederick Douglass. And you trying to start the NAACP in 1899 to stop lynching? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Oh goodness! But yeah, so now you can now you can engage digitally. Now you can hit the website. Now you can hit the Substack again. 
only put a price on the Substack because we need to make some money. But if you need the scholarship, we'll definitely throw the scholarship at you. It ain't no problem. It really ain't that deep. Uh, but that's how I think that's how you stay engaged. Uh, I had the dream one night of that. Maybe the the new black brain trust would branch out into different parties. So maybe that's how you do it. Maybe once you're so inspired and so engulfed into into the ideology of how blackness moves forward, you start your own brain trust. Yeah. And now you debate a chapter. And now debate a chapter, meet up with the alpha chapter every year in Kansas City, which is in the middle of the country. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and figure out what the fuck it is. But I feel like that's that's how you do. Mm-hmm. Will the event be recorded or be, yes. be a recap? There will be a recap. There will be an audio recap for sure. Working on a video recap right now. It's not really a big priority for me right now, but um, I really need to find somebody like a photographer. Owen is going to be out of town, so that's the only nigga I really like <laughs> trust for real, for real. <laughs> so maybe I'll. Is he not available? Huh? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um... Uh, I don't want to bother TL. Okay. You know what I mean, <laughs> we going to the Emmys. <laughs> Uh, well, yeah, that's it. We know, have you asked me enough questions? Nope, because it's time for the burning question. For the roach. Burning question. It goes. You done? Yeah, I'm done. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I, thought you, <laughs> I thought you were finished. Uh, what are we talking about? Today we talked about Miss Opal Lee, and then we also talked about how hip hop could be returning back to coded language. Oh, can you imagine hip hop surrealism? Oh wow! Oh wait, that's kind. Of, or is that like? I'm kind of thinking of go, who. Go ahead. The first thing I thought about was just now was Ludacris and them big ass forearms. Ah. Hmm. What's your burning question? <laughs> hmm. um, or Tyler the Creator? Yeah, I was thinking of like well, he had that roach on his face. <laughs> what? Tierra Whack, Doja mm-hmm. Cat, and then Missy. After you said Luda, yeah, right, huh, right. We ain't had a Missy in a while either, though. Tear what? True. Okay. Hush my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> What's no, your... but to your point, yeah. Hmm. Interesting. <sighs> Interesting. I see Good Vibe Drive say, excuse me. Never, excuse me, he didn't say, good morning to the lady of the house. You are forgiven, brother. <laughs> uh, you are forgiven. <laughs> <laughs> Women rights who said impervious, dig it, Def Tyler. Definitely Tyler. Yeah. Yep, 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 mm-hmm. yep. What's what? my burning question? Hmm? What's my burning question? Okay. I need the burning question. You... Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm thinking about hip hop and I guess surrealism. Mm-hmm. Do you think that hip hop will continue to evolve in that way? Or do you think it's kind of like cyclical in the sense that maybe it'll return to what it once was or like some of the same type of. I think it's, I think it's interesting that when you listen to the rap girls, they sound like salt and pepper. True. I find that very, not Meg, not 
Cardi. But that's about it. Yeah. Like, there's a very, like, City Girls specifically sound like Salt and Pepper. And then after watching a Salt and Pepper video and then adjusting their uh, uh, explicity, explicity for modern time inflation, like if you were adjust inflation, <laughs> you're about the same. Uh, it's about the same. Uh, uh, if, you, if you know what I'm saying, if you do the ratchet inflation yeah. adjustment mm -hmm. to like, uh, let's talk about, well, not, what song was it? Uh, um, shoop? Yeah. You do shoop and twerk and you adjust for inflation, about the same. Maybe one degree less for salt and pepper, but like the rap style, almost identical. I think, and 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 uh, and according to Billboard charts, and according to people who are the the claimers of who can claim success, women in hip hop aren't as successful. They don't make it as much money. They don't top the charts, therefore they're not as successful. Never mind the cultural impact that they have, never mind the impact they have on the global economy, but just because they don't, number one on the charts, they're not impactful as a hip hop community. Yeah. Uh, uh, I think the way back to hip hop is failure. Hmm. I think all these attempts to grasp main mainstream attention all these algorithmic uh, um, formulas to win, yeah, they have to fail, which means La Russell has to fail. Damn. Which He's means good, NBA. He is good. I'm not saying they're not good. Yeah. I'm just saying that the strategy that they use has to fail. I also think that streaming has to fail. It has to get back to a point of I'm making this because it's good and I'm expressing myself and people are attaching to that because the expression is good. Yeah. Not because I know how to get to these people. Hmm. So if LaRussell is actually really good, he should survive. Right. After the, after, cause LaRussell's strategy is I'll flood the algorithm. Therefore I can't lose. But yet, I have a theory that all the Russell is doing is recycling 600,000 people over like six to eight week periods instead of keeping lifelong fans. So I get tired of the Russell. I ain't listening to the Russell in like six to eight weeks. <laughs> and it's going to be probably another six to, eight weeks before, six to eight weeks before I listen to him again because I see him all the time. I hear it all the time. Yeah. You are forcing me to skip your record. If you're using streaming services, if you're using social media as your album, you're forcing me to skip songs. Yeah. Maybe I'm old, but I feel like that's a psychological thing. If you're forcing me to skip songs, you're forcing me to skip you. Therefore, I don't want you. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, if, if we could take away the strategy of abundance, right? If we could take away like, oh, in order for you to be successful, you gotta flood the algorithm. If it goes back to you gotta be successful, if you can only be successful if you're good, mm -hmm. I think LaRussell would survive because he's good. Yeah. But that strategy got to fail. Interesting. Okay. Our dependence upon, or like even, even bragging about being a billboard charter has to fail. Like it's hip hop started in the park. 
It was underground. Right. Yeah. It was punk. Mm -hmm. I don't give a fuck if I'm number one. Right. I said what I had to say. By whose standards? By who? Yeah, but I don't right. care. Right. I don't care. Right. Are the people buying it? Right. You don't even know now because they're streaming it. Exactly. That's just what I think. Okay. Oh, good vibe tribe said he got something to say streaming for another day. You're damn right you do. <laughs> we got a lot to say. That shit got to fall, baby. That shit has to fall. In order for us to get good music back, it has to fall. And it's very interesting that Billboard didn't point out streaming as a potential problem in this particular way for music. Right. Streaming is so accessible that it leaves the customer feeling like that music is a commodity and not an art form. Mm -hmm. It's something that you play in the background, not something that you observe and love. But anyway. Ooh, that is a, that is a whole other conversation. It is. I'm, yeah. I'm thinking about the record labels and how they modify the artist and yeah this whole thing force them to make social media posts and tiktok and yeah they kind of like the same argument backwards but like record labels are also restrict you from putting out music because mm -hmm. when you put it out affects how it affects the algorithm how many people are going to listen to it right. don't put it out in january because niggas not listening to that in january mm -hmm. don't put it out on tuesdays because niggas listen shit on thursday don't put it put out two albums a year because niggas is already tired of you right. how you know right. <laughs> anyway anyway um as always i want to thank y'all for joining the wake it oh my goodness i am struggling this morning as always i want to thank y'all for joining wake and bake will you be Mo, you can catch the instant replay on Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook. Make sure you tell a friend to tell a friend. Share it, share it, share it, share it. We got to get out to the people. If you haven't already, go ahead and RSVP for the new Blueprint Parlor that's happening on Sunday the 18th. Uh, it's at the same place that you can find BMO Brown, the Substack, the new Blueprint newsletter, bmobrown.substack.com. You can always go to the website, bmoauthentic.com to find all the links for everything that's going on. Hit the Instagram. Tell a friend to tell a friend. We're on TikTok. All that other shit. Good morning to the lady at the house. We're going to pay. Oh, we, got, we got a few comments. We got comments? Yeah. Read the comments so we can get up out of here. Okay. Yasha. Morning, family. I like this. Good morning, man. Good morning. You like what? What we do? Um, I guess the conversation about hip-hop. Like, okay, for sure. Yeah. Um, Women Right 2 said, we over here melting. Um, <laughs> Good Vibe Tribe said, this has been my favorite episode. That shit got deep. Yeah, it did. Yeah. And then Natalie says, bring listening parties back. Bring listening parties. Janelle right. Monet had a listening party. Yeah, she did. She'd been going she on been tour, going. basically. Yeah, she has. <laughs> That's that theater in there, man, because I would, man. I would, man. And then Kendall said, yes, please make this discussion a whole episode. What, the streaming the streaming conversation? We might have to. We might do, it gets deep. Deep. Yeah. we might do a deep dive. Yeah. We might do a deep dive, because we've talked about it before in the earlier seasons, but we could definitely bring it back. Uh, cause it goes deep, man. It goes deep, man. You, we are really like, even streaming like movies and shit. Like I was sitting there, I was watching Layer Cake yesterday, and Layer Cake is, is a, is the Daniel Craig movie that basically showed that he could be James Bond before he was James Bond, but it's such an intricate UK underground movie. Yeah, I had to watch it in pieces. But the movie is supposed to confuse you. So I was cheating. <laughs> <laughs> By streaming, I was cheating the art of it. I was like, oh, okay, hold on. Go back. What do you say? <laughs> okay. Taking notes. Wait, hold on. In the theater, and I was I had the closed captions on. Because I can't understand what British folks put. I don't understand. What the fuck they be talking about, man? I'm like, huh? Couldn't do that in no theater. I saw the movie. I just left confused. 
completely different experience. But anyway, mm -hmm. you got any other comments? Um, Women Right 2 said, just so proud of this show and how informative it, it is for the black millennial. Oh, I appreciate you. Appreciate that. Appreciate you. That's all? That's all we got. Yeah. All right. Uh, we're going to leave you with Tone Che, the music video by Michael Robinson. Um, yeah, man. Good morning. Thank mm -hmm. you.